Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today. As I always say, I'm back at it. I took a couple of weeks off. I had to do some traveling, and now I'm back here in Northwest Arkansas. And lo and behold, the first person that I get to sit down with is someone that I have (laughs) kind of been chasing, you know, had uh, been chasing this gentleman for quite some time. Very, very successful individual. I just, from afar, I noticed what he was doing and I said, there's something different about him. And as I dug a little deeper, I found out why there was such an interest there. And as I've gotten to learn more about him, and as you'll learn more about him on this episode, Joe Donaldson from Sam's Furniture is an outstanding individual. And Sam's Furniture, the largest furniture store in Arkansas, it is a destination furniture store. So there's a little difference between that and just going into your your regular old furniture store. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I really wanted to talk about the man and, you know, 
the person that, you know, is making a difference in this community and all that he's doing and and how everything ties back to what he's doing in furniture and serving this public. But I think you'll have you'll really be interested to hear what Joe has to say today and as I will be. So without further ado, I want to welcome Joe Donaldson from Sam's Furniture to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you, Randy. I got to say, for one, I don't think I've had anybody chase me down. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. I'm usually pretty easy to get a hold of. No, I, yeah. I'm glad that you want to be a part of this so bad. So no, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's just one of those things where you, you want to connect with people, but you also don't want to be weird about it because you don't right. want people to think, what's wrong with this guy? What's, what's his problem? But I mean, I do a podcast and so I kind of want, my goal is always to try to tell people stories early and often. That's something that I enjoy doing. I could do this all day long oh, without, without a break. And so, but no, I'd, I'd love for you just to start off for, for the uninitiated. If you've never seen <laughs> a Sam's Furniture commercial, if you have, this is really going to be an interesting episode for you. But if you've never seen or heard of Sam's if Furniture. you haven't, you don't have a TV. Right. Yeah. You don't have a TV. There's a lot of people that don't. Right. But I'd love for you just to share your superhero origin story. Just keep, you can keep it short and then we'll jump into and we'll talk about aspects of it, though. Yeah. Well, long story short, we are from California. So we're migrants uh, to Northwest Arkansas. And my parents were born out this way. My dad was from Texas. My mom was from here in Northwest Arkansas. They ended up out there is where they started their careers and started a family. And then as they got a little older, realized they wanted to, to, to retire back in their kind of home area of the country. And so I was in high school. We moved back out here in the 90s to retire. But coming from the corporate world, my dad couldn't settle down that quickly. He thought he was ready to, but he just, he wasn't. So within about six months to a year after us getting out here, he started a business. How we got into furniture was completely by accident. That's a story in itself. But we actually took over a little store that was already in downtown Springdale and, and turned it into our own. And, and it just started growing and started growing. and. I mean, you jump ahead 26 years, and like you said, we're the largest store in the state. And how you got there, that's a story. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that entails everything from our passions in life, hard work, you know, the fundamentals of Northwest Arkansas, what Northwest Arkansas has to offer for sure. Yep. And the underlying thing that a lot of people don't know about us, and that is the purpose of our furniture store. A business is to make a living. Yep. We made a living off this business 15 years ago. And we're still making a living off of it, but we really haven't changed our lifestyle since that date. As we keep growing, the growth goes back into serving people. Okay. And the moment we committed to that, that was a life changer. Okay. I love that. I, uh, wow. I mean, there's so many things I want to unpack there. I'm just curious though, you know, you said your folks were in corporate jobs out in California. What were they, what was your dad doing? So out here, you know, at a CVS. Sure. Before CVS bought out a company called Long's Drugs, the West Coast oh, company I know was called Long's, Long's Drugs. Drugs. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So my dad was one of the top five CEOs, I can't remember his title, vice president wow. of Long's for okay. 30 years almost. Interesting. And so he worked directly under Bob Long and Bill Brandon and those guys out there and, you know, helped open, you know, hundreds of stores in Southern California and just finally got, you know, burned out of that right. lifestyle. and. And California's, you know, something else. Yeah. And so we were just ready to get out and, and he was ready to slow down. Had a couple of kids still fairly young at home and he was from Paris, Texas. Mom was from Siloam. And so like, let's, let's go where it's a little slower pace. Right, right. Uh, but when you do that overnight, when you go from that corporate world of buying out other stores and opening new stores to fishing every day, like yeah. it didn't take very long. And he was like, no, nah, I got to, I got to do something. He was only like 46. So. Yeah. Interesting. I love I love hearing stories like that. So they opened up a shop in downtown Springdale, mm-hmm. which 
you sold every, I mean, they sold used furniture. They did, did a little bit of everything. You're familiar with it. Yeah. Yes. yes yeah. It yes. was a small store right on the corner of 412 and 71B. It was Sam's discount furniture. And actually it was half furniture and like half flea market. I yeah. mean, it was literally, they were just having fun with it. They weren't trying to, this was what it is now was not the intention sure. by any means. Sure. They were just trying to stay busy and do something they knew. They knew retail. And so this is fun. You know, they went to, dad went to auctions and bought stuff and brought it back. And I did too. I mean, I was in high school, but I had fun with it, you know? Yeah. Um, Never thought we'd be here for one, you know, whole nother subject, but my dream was to be in the military. Okay. And I did end up going to the military for 10 years. That's right. You served our country. So, Thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that was my dream career. Never thought I was going to get out. And my dad talked me out because of the business got to a certain level, but it didn't start that way. It just started as, as something for them to, to keep themselves busy and have fun doing. Sure. But because of Northwest Arkansas growing and become what it is, it just naturally pushed it another level, pushed it another level. And then all of a sudden it became a a substantial, you know, business to, to raise a family on. Well, I mean, clearly, I think what your dad probably did was he was able to take the skill set that he learned from Longs and apply that oh, in absolutely. a different vertical in the furniture industry. And it worked. And then, and it yeah. worked. And once you did it, because <laughs> I would imagine, were there, were there a lot of furniture competitors out in the early there actually, 90s? There was. Some of them are still here. That's a funny story in itself is because, you know, the first couple of years, it was a real small store, as you're familiar with. And then they moved over here within a few years behind Crackle Barrel, right? Just right around the corner from where we're at now. And that was a pretty significant store. It was about 60,000 square feet. So it was, it was a big jump all of a sudden. And sure. we were only a couple of years old as a furniture store. Yeah. Well, in that first six months that opened up, you know, there was six or eight other pretty good sized stores that size or even bigger in the area. And my dad knew a few of them. And they came in and told my dad, you know, hey, congratulations on that new big store. But, you know, furniture is one of those industries that if you're not second generation, third generation, if you're not born and bred in, you know, right. it's its own unique thing. It's it's going to be hard for you guys to make it at that level in this industry. <laughs> and, you know, my dad's just like, okay, well, thanks for the, you know, the the advice or the knowledge, you know, I do have some retail background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe not in furniture, but, you know, retail is service oriented. It's how you treat your, I don't care what widget you're selling, you know, it's, so we just, you know, passed it off and then just kept moving on and uh, it kept growing. Yeah. So. Wow. That's amazing. And I would have to imagine that, you know, being in the shadow of a company like Walmart and, you know, someone like Sam Walton, right, who was just relentless in his pursuit of serving the needs of his customer base, mm-hmm. that had to have rubbed off as well. Oh, absolutely. Now, I, I was blessed to actually be in the same room with Sam Walton a few times wow. because my dad connected to David Glass. David Glass connected my dad to Sam. And so they had a not a really close friendship, but, you know, a good acquaintanceship. And so there was several times for those few years we, we were here in the 90s before Sam passed that, that we had that connection. And I remember my dad telling me a story about one day that he was with David and, and Sam Walton. And my dad was asking questions about retail, about, you know, marketing, about this and that. And Sam had told my dad, don't worry about your competition. Of course, we had already had competition telling us, oh, you're not going to make it. This is a unique <laughs> industry. Right. And then here, the biggest, one of the most brilliant brains in business, period, and in cuss with customers is telling my dad, you know, as he's standing in his jeans and loafers, don't worry about what your comp- competition says or does. Do what you know to do the best that you can. Right. If, if you know you need to sell something for lower because you can, don't try to get more margin. Sell it for lower. Do what's right in your business. Operate it the right way to serve your customers in the most possible best way. And you will win that game. And my dad preached that to all of us for years. And 
we're still there now. We work on a margin about 15 to 18% lower than national average in furniture. And people, my vendors that sell me products, hey, you can get more for that. Right. I don't need to get more for that. I'm yeah. profitable. Yeah. I want to, I want, I want to wow my customer. Sure. Sure. Every time I wow one, they tell somebody and then I get to wow more. Right. And you jump ahead 18 years, 22 years, three or four of those people that told my dad, this is a unique industry. It's, it's going to be really tough because you weren't born and bred in this. They're not here anymore. Right. And here we are sitting in a, what is the 50,000 square foot warehouse building? 220,000 Oh, I'm sorry. Feet. I did. I should have no. changed you. <laughs> it's, yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's bigger than We've that. We've got 220,000 square feet here. Yeah. yeah. Floor, you know, sales floors and warehouses. Yeah. Wow. Blessed. Absolutely blessed. Sure. Sure. But, well, I mean, it sounds like your dad, you know, he got good advice and he stayed the course, right? A lot of times we're, we're constantly looking for, and this is actually very inspiring to me because we're always looking for a bigger, better mousetrap. But sometimes we need to kind of work with the mousetrap that we have and perfect that and then let it work for us. Absolutely. And a lot of times in business, people don't get that message, you know, because they're constantly looking for that shiny new object. And it's, you know, the entrepreneurial mind is to always be looking. Yeah. My dad used to drive down the road, heading to Dallas, heading to Mississippi, buying furniture before we could afford to have it shipped to us. At one point, we'd go pick it up. We'd leave at five (laughs) o'clock in the morning, drive to Tupelo, Mississippi at six hours. We'd load up a box truck of furniture, turn around, drive back that night and unload it at 10, 30, 11 o'clock that night in our warehouse. The next day, put it out on the floor and go to selling it. Yeah. But we can't pay somebody $900 to drive it to us because that's, you know, it's our profit and we sure. didn't have it to give. So we worked hard, really hard for those first so many years to try to get it to a level. But you cannot, you have to work hard. You have to do what you know is right in your business. You can't worry about what other people are doing. The moment you start doing that, and I know it's that entrepreneurial mind's always trying to say, well, they're doing this or they're doing that. Or in those drives, we would pass furniture stores all the time and we'd want to stop and walk through them. And sometimes we would. But then we catch ourselves, let's not get too wrapped up in what other people are doing. We know, I mean, dad's background, he knows how to market retail. He knows how to serve customers well. Sure. So we don't know about furniture. That's fine. We'll learn about that as we go along. But we had to, we had to catch ourselves to not get too big too fast, not try to look at what other people are doing and say, oh, let's do that. Well, if we would have done that, where the people that we would have been looking at in the local market to say, oh, let's copy so-and-so, let's copy so-and-so, where would we be now if we did what they did? Because right. a lot of them are gone. Yeah. So you have to definitely be disciplined enough to trust in yourself, trust in your knowledge. If, if you're opening a business or running any kind of business, do what you know is right for your business, yeah. right for your customer. Yeah. Don't worry about your competition. You, yeah. have to, you have to know they're there. Right. And, you know, watch their marketing and advertising. You know, I haven't, I don't have any furniture stores in Northwest Arkansas. 12, 15, 17 decent ones and a couple big ones. Sure. I've never walked their floors. Okay. Okay. I have a lot of competition walk this floor frequently. All the time. And I'll come down and say hi to them. How you doing? You know, right. They'll say, your store looks great. Thanks so much. How's business for you guys? Oh, it's good. Great. You know, I have a great conversation. Why are they in here? They're trying to figure out what we're doing. And that's fine. Doesn't it? It's not intimidating and I get it. I yep. mean, it's, it's kind of a natural thing. You read all these books about it and some books say, know what your competition is. Go in and shop them. And, but we take a different mindset to it. I don't mind that they do that because hopefully, honestly, hopefully they learn something that can help them merchandise better or, you know, market their store better. Sure. But I don't care what my competition is doing. I'm going to. I'm going to train our people. I'm going to motivate them. I'm going to pay them the best I can. I'm going to teach them how to serve customers at a level that my competition is probably not doing or won't do. Sure. Because it's not comfortable. Yep. I'm going to work on lower prices than anybody. I'm going to make sure our floor looks right. I'm going to make sure that the back doors are clean when someone pulls around the load. I'm, I'm looking at everything inside my, my four walls or my parking lot, my business. Yeah. 
and pushing to be 110%. If I'm not 110%, don't waste any effort worrying about what someone else is doing. Exactly. Exactly. I always think about the word focus, follow one course until success. You know, you have to do that. So focus is a big word for us around here. Yeah. (laughs) Passion and focus. Passion and focus. So I'd love for you to share because it kind of seems like a familial environment here with your employees. I mean, there've been some people that have worked here since the beginning, right? I mean, I know you have family, your wife and your mom and others, but I mean, you've had people working here since day one, right? We I don't know if we have any left from day one because they, they kind of retired off just okay. of age and stuff. Yeah. But we've got, I've got about 90 employees right now. Wow. We so that's have- grown since. So I know in the during the pandemic, I read an article that was in the NWA Business Journal. I think you were at like 60, 64. So now you're at 90 oh, yes. employees. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll hit 100 probably by the end of this year. We're trying to hire more now. Wow. But uh, it's, I want to say out of 90, we've got... 15 to 20 that are in that 15-year time frame, 15, okay. 18-year time frame. Right. Then the bulk of the middle is probably five to 10 years. Okay. And then you've always got some, you know, your warehouse guys, delivery guys, those are transitioning out here and there. They're younger and sure. you know, they're, they're not career-oriented yet a lot of times. But but even those, you know, I think we've done a great job. You know, high school students and, and 18, 19-year-olds right out of school that aren't going to college or whatnot, you know, they may get two or three jobs in a year on, on average base, but we're keeping them for a year or two mm-hmm. because we're paying a little better. Yeah. And we do a lot of things to try to, you know, company picnics and things like that to build camaraderie and build the family environment within the company. Yeah. The biggest thing I think would make people stay here isn't just, you know, it's a good job, a good place to work, good money. It's the culture. Yeah. Culture's big. If you look at, you know, of course, here's another relationships my dad got to build with, with Dan Cathy with Chick-fil-A and, and David Green with Hobby Lobby. And I've got to spend time with both those individuals myself even, which has been a blessing. Their businesses are 100% culture, especially Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I mean, look at all yeah. the stuff Chick-fil-A's been through in the media in the last five years, yet they continue to soar above any fast food restaurant. They in run the straight and narrow. Country. They run the straight and narrow. I mean, I go through the Atlanta airport. Three times a month, at least. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm traveling almost every Chick-fil-A week. Chick-fil-A has the longest line. It's the longest line it's from the moment it's every open food to the court. Yeah. I was in a food court in New Jersey <laughs> a week ago, and th- that Chick-fil-A, I turned around, and there was that food, the line had All whipped the around down. the food court. It was ridiculous. Why? Why? The yeah. food's good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So it's Popeye's. Like, so, right. I mean, there's, there's lots of good chicken out there. It's culture. Yeah. People love working for a company that that stands for something, that has a that has an integrated culture into it, and, and we focus on that. My right-hand management team, and I've passed a lot of that off onto them because I, I am busy with our nonprofits and sure. traveling and stuff now. They spend 70% of their time not moving furniture, not even having meetings you know, with employees about training and this and that. They spend their time just out there patting them on the shoulder, shaking their hand. How are you doing today? Everything going good? How's life? How's the family? You know, we love you. Let us know if we can do anything. Right. Well, man, when you care about your employees. They take care of everything And they know else. it. Yeah. They don't want to leave. No. They want to be here. Yeah. And so the culture, the culture is that's crucial, absolutely yeah. crucial. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, through that through that environment that you create, you're not only training and and making them better employees, you're instilling a passion or a direction in their life, especially the young ones that maybe nineteen, twenty, twenty one, which is common for our twenty twenty five warehouse delivery guys. They don't know what they're going to do with their life yet, right? But while they're here, we're growing them. And narrowing that path in their life, probably more than even college would. Right. And people are going to go to college to get an education, but the rest of it's just kind of playing and hanging out and whatever. I don't, you know, how many people have business degrees and then they get out and they're, I don't know what I want to do. Exactly. Well, why'd you go to college? You know, yeah. in two years, three years time at that age here, we've enhanced those young guys' lives and, and narrowed their path and their focus. And I think, you know, if they leave after three years, that's fine. No one's going to stay forever, but hopefully they leave. And I know they are leaving 
with direction in life with some internal passion and, and know how to focus. They know how to, you know, so we take that, we take that as a responsibility almost while they're here. Yeah. You know, it's an absolutely. opportunity to make them very valuable to us as an employee, but it's also a responsibility that we've been given that we need to steward to say, okay, while they are here, what can we do to mold them to give them a better life? Yeah. You're molding the next generation. Yeah. So absolutely. And that's serious business. So, okay. So you guys have grown this company. I mean, you guys are the, the, the number one furniture store in the state and there is one difference. So like when you walk into a Sam's furniture, when you walk into this Sam's furniture, you know, you, you don't feel like you're in a normal mm-hmm. furniture place. And I know that I, like I, I lived out in New England, so we had Jordan's Furniture, which I know you're familiar with, and they were kind of a destination furniture place. We used to go there on Saturday afternoons. Crazy. I like, like, who goes to a furniture store on a Saturday afternoon? But you go hang out. They, they had food, I think. They, they had too. food. Yeah. <laughs> they had a, like a little movie theater. They had a little bit of everything. We ended up buying stuff from them. Not like, not like the first few times that we went in there, but if, when we did decide that we had to buy something, we went to Jordan's and got it. And I think one of the brothers, two, there were two brothers. One is still alive. The other one passed on. And I think they ultimately had sold their company, but the brand is still extremely strong they're up top there. 100. Yeah, they're extremely strong. I would, I would love for you just to kind of share with the audience, what is a destination furniture store and what could they expect coming into Sam's Furniture? The words you use are exact. It is a destination. And that was, you know, very strategic, very intentional. It's funny you mentioned Jordan's and, and they are on a, on a list called the top 100 furniture stores in the country. It's, it's a list that we're actually published in it now too. Before we were, we followed it like, you know, crazy. Yeah. And me and my dad, before we built this big location, when we were in the last one, after I got out of the military, came back to work for him for a couple of years there and he had cancer and knew he had a limited time. And so that's why I committed to the company. And, but I said, we need to go big. Like we, I, that's not enough with, I had a vision, you know, and we mm-hmm. can get there in a minute, mm-hmm. but let's go bigger. He said, okay, let's go, let's go tour the country and look at these top 100s. Let's see what they're doing. And that's what we found. I've been in Jordan's. Okay. Gallery Furniture in Houston. You know, obviously Nebraska Furniture Mart. Back in that day, they only had one. Now they've got three. There's a handful of these top 100s around the country. They're not, most of them aren't chain stores. Most of them are one store, big store destinations because that's how you create that you know, that's why we don't have stores in Fort Smith and Joplin and all these other places. We may at some point, but right. really this was the focus. Bring people here. Yeah. We sell to Joplin. We sell to Little Rock. We sell, I mean, they come here. Yeah. How do you make that happen? You create a shopping experience. And as we learned going through all the stores, you find, you find the things and you create the culture, the atmosphere on the floor that when a customer walks through that front door, they don't hit, first of all, they don't hit a wall of salespeople where they just feel like they're a paycheck. Yeah. Everyone knows commission salespeople. I mean, furniture salespeople are It's the worst feeling in the world it's, it's, sometimes. It's the worst, you know? Yeah. I love cars. I'm a car guy. Right. I got a couple of toys. When do I go look at toys? When do I go look at cars? On Sundays, afternoons, when all the car lots are closed, because I don't want to get hounded. Exactly. Well, furniture stores typically have that same vibe about them. We got to fix that. We got to change that so people want to come in and not intimidate and they don't hit this wall. So we started right there focusing on what's that initial greeting like? What's that? Okay, let's change the dynamic of what most furniture stores do and let's do it differently. Yeah. So we started there. Okay, once they're on the floor, what's the shopping experience like? Our floors merchandise differently than most stores. Yeah. I mean, if you went to, you know, one of the other local competitors we have here, and I can tell you because customers tell us all the time, I was looking for a dining table. I couldn't find one. I mean, they had one here and one there. Well, I hear they've got 30, but if you're going and look for a dining table and they're just scattered everywhere and kind of hidden, it's hard to shop. Well, why don't we put all dining together? Yeah. So some people like designers and stuff say, well, your floor is kind of boring because it's, it's just, it's plain. It's not all decorated. It's not all, I said, well, you know, people don't come in typically looking for 
you know, everything. They right. want a sofa set or they want a specific so we, item. So we merchandised to be easy shoppable for customer. Yeah. It may not look like a lot of other stores and that's fine because people come in here. I want a sofa. Okay. They're all right here. I want motion reclining or leather or fabric. Okay. Those are here. These ones are here. It, we narrowed down the, to make it a quicker shopping experience. Time is money. People's time is precious to them. Yeah. I just want to help you find what you want. You want. Okay. While you're in here, you got a couple screaming kids. Mom and dad really want to buy a sofa, but these kids are just, ah, let's, let's put some video games in the store. Yeah. I saw you, that you, you got an arcade and everything you know, in the corner. And even my dad, he was here when we built this store. He passed right after it opened, but he did get to see this first building get built and open for a few months. But when I started showing him the layout and he's like, what's that little room right there? I said, it's going to be an arcade. An arcade. Joe, you can't, you can't use space for, for video <laughs> games. It's a furniture store. I said, remember all those traveling that we did and all the, the cool things we've seen in the stores? I'm not even going to, he goes, how much money is it going to make? I said, I ain't going to make no money on the games. I'm going to set all the games for free play. Right. You just yeah. push the button. Just keep playing. I'll spend $25,000 one time on all the games and I'll set them for free play. Yeah. And kids will just go in there and play. Oh, son. Oh, dad. No, no. Because if they stay busy playing games for two hours, mom and dad are going to spend more money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay. Let's, let's. They're not as worried about them. No, they're not running they're not, and jumping not, on the couch and everything. How many times did we hear, hey, yeah, we, we do want to come back, but the kids are restless. We'll come back and see you later this week. Did right. they really come back or not? Right. No. So we created arcade. You know, people love sports. We, cre- we built a man cave, you know, come in here on Saturday afternoons and that little man cave over there, it's only got like 10 or 12 theater seats in it, but it'll be full and standing room only because all the guys are watching the football game right? while the wives are what? Shopping. Shopping. Yeah. The diners open on the weekends, free hot dogs, free nachos, free drinks. I mean, that thing seats 60 people and it will be full. Yeah. Free food. It cost me a few hundred dollars a weekend to give people free food. And, and it's not just about, okay, that all helps sell furniture. Yeah. It builds a culture. It builds an atmosphere. And it builds what people talk about when they think of Sam's. Where'd you go to furniture? I went to Sam's. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that place. Yeah, you'll love it. Well, I'm going to drop the kids off and take the kids. Like, it's a family experience. Yeah. Your kids don't care what furniture you're going to get. That's fine. Let them hang out, play in the arcade, go watch TV, go in the diner and eat or hang out. Yeah, I've literally seen my salespeople out here on a sectional hanging out with some of the kids while the parents are shopping. The salesman kept the kids busy. Sure, sure. You know, give them a balloon and just sit there and talk to them. Like, create an environment that people want to come to. And they'll eventually buy furniture. Yeah. But again, like I said earlier in the, the conversation, it's not just about selling furniture now. It's about relationships and getting an opportunity to, f- to dig into people. And I cannot tell you how many times I've looked down there or been out on the floor. I don't work the weekends much anymore. But if I'm, if I'm around and I don't have anything to do, I'll come in and just hang out and talk to customers. I have turned around on a busy day and there's people running everywhere. And I'm looking to make sure everything's going to help. And I looked over there and what are they doing? And I look over and I got a salesman sitting on a sofa next to a couple. And they've got their heads bowed and they're praying. Oh, man. So the, the atmosphere is we just love people. Yeah. We want to serve people. We want to sell you furniture, but we want you to become be a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Just come be a part of what we've created. And <laughs> I mean, I, I love that. And I, I love the fact that, I mean, a, a lot of what you guys do and the success of Sam's Furniture is not necessarily visible to the public, mm-hmm. right? Because you do a lot of missional work around, like I know... One of the reasons why we had a hard time when we first got together of getting together was because your travel schedule was insane. <laughs> I think you were in Africa a couple of times. Back and, to back, probably. Back to back, yeah, in between us trying to get together when we first met. And so I'd love for you just to kind of talk about how that drives what you do here at Sam's. That's really easy. Taking a step back to when I got out of the military, I came back to, to take over the company for my dad. He wasn't sure how long he was going to get cancer. You know, you don't ever know. They, they say this, but 
it ended up lasting several years longer than what he thought. So he did get to see some of this come to fruition, which I was glad not only that he could see it, but he could help me walk through this plan of, of building this thing. Sure. But in that process, the first building, building one that we're sitting in now, like it's big. Right. And uh, he said, this is, this is big, Joe. I mean, you're, you're taking on debt. I mean, we were a debt-free company where all this stuff, and I'm talking, you know, we're going to borrow 10 plus million dollars. We're going to go big. He goes, once you go that way, you can't go back. So if you're going to do that, just promise me one thing so that I know it's going to work. I said, what's that? He goes, you're going to increase your lifestyle. You're, you're, it's going to make more money. It's, 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 it's going to be a game changer for our family and everybody involved. But just promise me that you'll use that platform to serve people as much as you do for yourself, right. for the family, sure. for, for our business. Yep. And that was in 2014. That conversation was in 2014. I didn't know what that looked like. I mean, I, I said, yeah, absolutely. Because we've always been, you know, a, a family of faith. I've been on outreach, mission trips, whatever you want to call them, all my life, you know, all over the globe. But, you know, out of a business, what does outreach or, or serving people in a, in a mission fashion look like out of a business? Oh, we had no clue. But I committed to it. And we started that process. We started building this building. We opened this building the, the spring of 2016. I mean, we just, just hit six years. I mean, it's just, it's still new. Yeah. And day one, we opened it. You know, it was a big jump in volume from where we were because we quadrupled the space and, you know, you build it, they will come kind of thing. Well, it grew big right off the bat. So I said, wow, (laughs) that's a budget I didn't expect to have the first year in a new new location. What do we do with it? Well, let's start building building two. And we did immediately. Let's let's, let's get another price point going right next door, which was, you know, part of the original plan to kind of cover the full spectrum. But in that same conversation, oh, we can do this. We've always wanted to do, we, we love teachers, we love law enforcement, we love military. I mean, let's reach out to the Springdale School District and see if we can do something for the teachers every year. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't know how, but let's, let's do something. And, you know, so I reached out to the chamber and, you know, I said, we want to do something for the teachers. Do you guys have any kind of event ever, you know, where you get all the teachers together? Yeah, actually, we start off the school year every year with bringing all the teachers together. The superintendent, you know, welcomes them back for the school year. We've got them in an auditorium for a couple hours, 2,000 people, 2,200 teachers, whatever it is. So, okay, can we come? I just need 10 minutes. I just want to come thank them on behalf of Sam's Furniture, give out some gift cards or, you know, do, do, do something. Just thank them. Like, sure. Give some free stuff away. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we've, yeah, that'd be cool. No one's ever, I mean, we get little gift cards, but no, we want to give like five or $10,000. We want to give a lot of stuff away. Right. They're like, yep, it's in August. We're a couple months away. Okay, cool. So I start brainstorming. By the time we hit August, by the time we hit the event, I don't know what came over me, but there's 2,200 teachers in Springdale. <laughs> I thought I got my team together. I said, you know, it's, we don't want to just give some of the teachers something. Yeah. We need to give yeah. all the teachers something. Let's go big or so go let's go home. big. So let's just give every teacher in Springdale, the entire school district, every teacher a $100 Sam's furniture gift card. Okay. That's not a big deal. It's a hundred bucks right. per teacher. Yeah. 2,200 teachers. $22,000. No, $220,000. $220,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't do And we did math. that. <laughs> that was like, we opened this store it launched us to a level we didn't expect. And so we said, we've got to do something. Like somehow we just got this platform that we, we've got to give back. Yeah. In a matter of months, we gave $220,000 worth of free furniture to the entire Springdale School District. Yeah. A couple of months. I mean, and then when you got done with that, you're like, wow, what can I do next? What can I do next? And over the course of the last five and a half, six years, you know, we've got 34 nonprofits that we're partnered with locally. Some of them are just you know, sponsoring their event that they have, you know, they have a gala or fundraiser here in North Arkansas. We'll come in and, and we're dominant in most of those. I mean, we're the, we're the key financial giver or, or we'll come help supply, you know, volunteers to help put the event on. We'll work the event. We'll be mm-hmm. there. I'll speak at the event. 
like we engage and, and build a, a partnership with them. We don't just write them a check and say, okay, good job. Right. We, we help, you know, as much as we can grow their organization, 34. And three or four of those have become very big. You know, you mentioned Africa. That's, you know, that's a big passion of mine. Yeah. Malawi, Africa is the, the poorest mm. country on the planet. Yeah. 194 countries on this planet. And I've been to about 46 of them. Mm-hmm. That's the poorest. Yeah. 19 million plus people in, in a country that's landmass smaller than Arkansas. And it's once you get there one time, you're just like, oh my gosh. And here I am living in the house I'm living and, and eating the way I eat. And I mean, yeah. not to degrade that. We've been blessed and it's okay. That's, you know, we're, we, we got born in a great country. Yeah. But don't just stop there. If, if that's where we're at, we have a responsibility. I believe our family believes that we have to steward this platform to love and serve people. Yeah. And there are so many needs out there. And so, yeah, when you talk about there's an underlying thing, this business is absolutely not about us making a living anymore. I can close it up tomorrow and never have to work another day in my life. Right. My whole family. So now it's not about us. Yeah. Now it's about, and we're still growing. We still got more locations playing. We're still, why people say, you don't need to. It ain't for me anymore. Right, right. It's done. You've, and you've, honestly, you passed that threshold. The fun of it now is actually more. Right. I mean, I don't need it. Now I want to do it even more because now every time I go to Malawi and we buy a little land and we build a chicken house and we, we put this little business in place and we hand it to two or three local people. And then you go back three months later, four months later, and you walk up and literally they like pop to attention and they almost <laughs> salute you. And it's right. like, oh, and you go shake their hand and they show you everything they're doing. And like, these guys are 20 you know, and women, 20, 30 years old, never had a job in their life. And you just... To me, I just gave them a job. I mean, it's how I think about it. I just gave them a little business that they can run and a, right. and a paycheck. Yeah. You changed their entire world. Yeah. And everybody associated with them. Yeah. And for generations, I might add. Yeah. And you've broken curses and all kinds so, of challenges that people are, are dealing with. So it's That is our passion um, as a company. And, and every one of my key management has been out of this country on some of our serve trips because I think it's important. You know, they don't get to go on everything because that's mm-hmm. kind of what I do. But they've been. They lead some of them. But it's important that they know the culture of the business because even when I'm there and they're here, they know that what they're doing on a Saturday afternoon when this floor is full of customers, we're selling furniture to serve people, to do what I'm doing while I'm over there. Absolutely. You know? And so they're bought in. And, and going back to the conversation earlier, a lot of people have been here a long time. Those warehouse guys, those delivery guys may only been here a year or two. You would not believe how many of those when they, they see that they can go on a trip. Because that's one thing that we do. Yeah. We will pay if any of our employees want to go on these serve ships with them. We'll keep them on payroll the whole time they're gone so they don't lose their pay. Okay. It's like a paid vacation. Sure. Because I want to invest that into them so they can understand what we're doing and see it. Mm-hmm. You know? So we let them come as many of them they want to as long as we can, you know, staff the stores. And they've come and they come back. Changed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, I was going to go to college and I was going to go try to do this. But, you know, I I think, I mean, maybe I'll just be a warehouse guy for a little longer. I'm like, I know they're not going to do it for life. Yeah, yeah. But it impacted so much that, like, they're literally changing their daily habits at 1920. Like it changed their course even temporarily because now they have a new outlook on life. Sure. And sure. they see us as a company investing money in people in that perspective. And it changes, you know, hopefully it changes their direction completely in life. Yeah. So yeah, the, the platform that we have, all the speaking I do several times a month, different places I get asked. Um, sometimes it's industry related for the furniture industry. Sometimes it's our community partners. But I constantly talk about platforms, 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 just like when our young people come back from the mission trips with us, you know, our young employees and they come back and I can see something stirring in them and I'll ask them, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What is it? And they're like, that was amazing. Like, 
it doesn't make sense. I'm 19 and I work for a furniture store and a furniture store just took me to Vietnam <laughs> to issue wheelchairs to people who, who can't walk Yeah, or took me to Africa and to the village and we're out there living on babies and, you know, or, or, or whatever, whatever it is, yeah. El Salvador, Guatemala, we, I mean, all over the place. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. And I said, well, because we're a furniture store, but I don't look at it as a furniture store. God gave us a platform. I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian, you were given a platform in this world. You were blessed with a platform. It may just be your position in your job, yeah. but we all have a platform. And I constantly tell people, if you have a dream of what you want your family life to be, you want your, okay, I, I want to get to this level financially, or I just, I just want this. You know, I don't have big aspirations. I just want to be content. I want this. I want to be happy. I don't care what your goal in life is or your dream. I'm going to reference Tony Robbins because he, he said something. <laughs> I've been to so many conferences with him. If you focus on giving somebody else what they want, take your passions, your effort, and try to give somebody what they want, you're going to get what you want. Oh. You will. If everything, if I'm looking at you and saying, man, Randy, what can I do to serve you? What can I do to help you and your family? And I want to I do this. I want to bless you with this. If my focus is on you and then that person and then that person or that organization with whatever resource you have, you'll turn around in a matter of time like, wow, I, my needs are met. How yeah. did that happen? Where did that, that's the way yeah. this works. That's yeah. the way the world works. It is. And because I'm a Christian, I believe we were given that platform with an intention. Yeah. And we have a responsibility to steward it properly. So I'm very passionate about, you know, we give raises, we pay people more, but I also make sure that I'm raising that budget to serve people just as much. Like sure. I can't lose sight of why are we a 30 something million dollar company in five years time from a $6 million company? We don't, Furniture stores don't grow that fast. No. One location stores, especially. Sure, like, sure. it doesn't happen. Yeah. Why? Story of the talents in the Bible. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not burying my talent. I'm going to use it. Yep. You know? Yep. And so I think I think that's what people got to grasp. That's who we are. And that's what I try to message to people constantly is you have a platform, no matter what it is. If you have your own business, you got a significant platform. Yeah. You have a platform right, right here. Exactly. You know, how are you reaching people? What are you encouraging them to do? What, when, after they're done listening to you and whoever you have on that day, what are they motivated to go do? Yeah. Oh, oh, this is my platform. I have this. Well, I could go do this with it. If we all look at life and we're in a, man, we are in a great country. I serve this country in combat. I love this country, but I go to a lot of other countries too, frequently. Yeah. I went to four in the last 60 days. Our country's got some issues right now. Mm -hmm. Politically, morally, everything. A multitude. <laughs> multitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, here's the fix. It's this party. It's this party. It's doing this. It's catering to these people. It's doing this. Hmm. I mean, I think if you just go out there and try to love people yeah. and serve people yeah. right where they're at, just to walk up to somebody on the street yeah. that you know is having a hard time. I mean, I've had this conversation with people. You know, North of Arkansas has kind of got inundated with the, the homeless population now on the on the streets compared I'm to 10 years I'm ago. Like, it's I'm, I mean, no, I'm noticing it more in the last five years. Oh, it's, it's insane. Yeah. You I'm know how many of those I've had conversations with though? Oh, yeah. And I've had people say, well, I can't give them money because they're just working for some, right. some person. Like, you know, <laughs> right, yeah. that's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, they it may doesn't. be, they may, I don't know. Yeah. But when I see a guy sitting over there and he is missing a leg and he's got a sign that says I'm a combat veteran or whatever. Honestly, I'm not even going to go ask him, are you really? Right. But I'm going to pull my truck over, jump out and go sit on the grass next to him and say, how are you doing today? Yeah. And I've had 30-minute conversations, 45-minute conversations with some of them. Not all of them. I don't do it all the time. I'd, I'd, I'd be a full-time job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. when it hits you, yeah. you know? Yeah. We well, don't have to do it to a homeless person. You can do anybody. You can do somebody in Walmart, you know? 
the pay it forward things become really big this last several years. I hear it on radio stations yeah. and there's even times a year, like when people are doing it nationally, when you're going through drive-thrus and you pay for the person's food behind you or whatnot, have that mindset every day. Mm-hmm. If you're in the Walmart or grocery shopping or fast food, walking through a mall, like be attentive to people, be attentive. If you're looking for it and you're thinking about it constantly, how can I serve somebody today? You'll be surprised what you find. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Situations will reveal themselves will. very quickly. <laughs> they will. <laughs> so, and I cannot tell you. I'm sitting here like my heart rate is is raising right now just talking about it. The what it does to your life. Yeah. When you take you out of it and you start thinking about what can I, man, where, oh, what? Mm, let me watch them for a minute. Let's see what's going on. Oh, that's not, no, that's not it. Let's go. And you just start strategically, literally trying to find somebody to serve yeah. for no other reason, but to see the smile on their face when they walk away yeah. or the tear. I go to Sonic a lot. I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm 44. I'm not healthy. My wife, <laughs> oh, I'm not. Luckily, my metabolism is still going because yeah, I, I just yeah. go so much, but you know, I'm sitting here drinking a monster right now. <laughs> sweet tea is my vice. So almost every morning I'm at Sonic getting a breakfast burrito and a sweet tea. Yeah. You know, everybody probably pays at Sonic now with a debit card or credit sure. card because now that it's on the machine and you right, don't have to give right. them the money, they go back in, come get the change, this and that. I never do. Yeah. I make sure I've got a $10 bill in my pocket. Yeah. And I do it two or three days a week. Yeah. It's a different interaction too. And all I get is a breakfast burrito and a sweet tea and it's $4.36 and I give them a 10. Yeah. I don't know what percentage of tip that is and I don't care. Right. It's $5 to me. Right. You would not believe how that just lights up some little car hops morning. Yeah. Are you sure you don't need change? Yeah. No. No. I actually gave a 20 not too long ago. At, it was during, during the afternoon when they do like a happy I hour. Know, it's like ha- the half, half price, price drink. My big yeah. drink was like a dollar yeah. six. You feel bad. You're and like, man. I gave this girl a 20. Yeah. And she cried. And yeah. I said, it's just 20 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. I'm driving a Denali Yukon. Like but it's 20 bucks. $20 for her. her. It's a game And changer. I don't even know where she was financially. Right, it might right. not be that big of a thing financially. But the fact that she could tell I wasn't doing it out of any reason besides I just, and I told her, I said, you look like you need a smile today. Yeah. And I said, keep all the change. And she like, twice she asked me, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm positive. She goes, I'll just take some. Like, no, no, it's 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did that do for the rest of her day? Because that was at 6.30 in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. That affected a small act of selflessness or just thinking about somebody else. Yeah. Affected their whole day. How... I don't know. Is she married? Does she have kids? Is she a single mom? You know, we didn't, you know, there's a lot of stories out there. How did that act affect what happened when she got home that night? Yeah. With kids or with the husband? Were they fight the night before and now her temperament was a little different? So, I mean, you have no idea the magnitude and the long-term effectiveness of yeah. serving and loving people. Yeah. And it doesn't take much, you know, and yeah. I was like, um, I was reading, I'm a big Brene Brown fan and she really talks a lot about looking into people's eyes and really connecting with them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And not just, you know, talking through people or over them or around them, but really. I struggle with that because I'm always looking. Yeah, no, (laughs) but it's fine. It's fine. But you you get the idea though. It's just that, you know, it's just just the whole idea of being seen. Yeah. And some people walk around and talk about that. I just don't feel seen, let alone heard. Right. But it's even just seen as, as and acknowledged as huge. I think that's an epidemic or whatever you want to call it in today's society. It is. With it social is. media, with yeah. all the things that have risen in the Absolutely. last 10, 12, 15 years. If you look at the struggles, especially the generation below me or, or even one more, the, the teens that are 15 to maybe mid 20s right now, that group, man, they're. Yeah. They are struggling with identity. They're struggling, you know, they're they're fighting tooth and nail to get seen. Yeah. Or to 
you know, we're all this political stuff about different genders and different, all this kind of stuff. I don't think it's a real issue way deep down. I think it's a surface issue that people aren't being loved and they're not being, they're not being seen. Yep. They're, they're reaching, they don't really feel different. They're trying to say, Hey, here I am. Yeah. Somebody pay attention to me. Somebody love me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How many of us out there can just where people are at, no matter where they're at, just yeah. say, Hey, I'm here. I appreciate you. Yeah. Hey, I like your smile. Right. You know, if I can ever do anything for you, just, I mean, and it's one of the things I, and, and I, I could go on and on about this, but it's one of the things why it's one of the reasons why I really try to build up my kids self-esteem mm-hmm. and I constantly affirm them and tell them how great they are. And I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, all of our kids have their challenges, but yeah, my kids are amazing. They're great. And I tell them that all the time because you they need to. they need to hear that and they, it needs to be reinforced, right? How many hours a day are they with you and mom? Yeah. <laughs> not not compared to yeah, yeah. the influences of school, social media, and friends. Everything else, yeah. There yeah. our kids are with even teachers. Yeah. And you know, we have some teachers out there that may be influencing in a way we don't want our kids to be influenced. Right. Our kids are with outside influence. More, more than they are with parents in sure. today's world, yep. the, way, the way it's structured. It's just good to double down. So we have to. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have a choice, mm-hmm. man. You know, I could take this conversation in so many directions. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to a mutual friend of ours, Jason Carney and Second Milk. That's yeah. one of the organizations that you're a part of. I, you know, I walked into this meeting today and, and I, I found out that Joe and Jason go way back. And, and Jason, I'm, I, I assume you're going to hear this episode at some point in time. And <laughs> I had no idea. We've been playing ball for many years and I think very highly of you. And and now that I see who you're linked up with, with doing Second Milk, and you've, I've been amazed at what they've been, what he's been mm-hmm. able to do with Second Milk, what both of you guys have been able to do with it. And I certainly want to get involved with Second Milk in some way, shape or form. And I kept saying to him, I got to have you on the podcast because I'd love to tell your story about the work that you're doing right here from Northwest Arkansas to reach the world and the difference that you're making in Malawi. And so- I'm going to have him on the podcast because awesome. I'm going to have him tell his story. But uh, It's an amazing story. Yeah. I mean, from the time really they moved is. their family over there to yeah. where it's at now. It's, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's, yeah. It's yeah big, it really, really is huge. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I've known Jason for 24 years now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, great friendship. He's, he's like a brother. But when we got involved with Second Milk and him and his family, it, it took it to another level because now we're connected in a mindset and in a heart way that like I just talked about, the purpose of us being here, the purpose why we're on this planet to love people, the reason we have platforms and he was given a platform. So he's one of the few people in my in my world that we see and we look at everything that we're doing the same exact yeah, way. Yeah. If an opportunity comes to us, we're like, ooh, Let's how can it. we turn, what, what do we do? How, <laughs> right. Where can we take this and direct it to? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think you'll really enjoy, enjoy that conversation. Oh, with I will. Yeah. And, and, um, and he's had some great stories. He's actually he's in Africa me. right now. We were just texting uh, this morning. Yeah, I saw that. And, uh, I saw that. Yeah. We got a meeting. He gets back next Monday and uh, we got a meeting the, ne- the next day. So Okay. No, that's cool. That's very cool. Well, listen, this has been great because I think that People need to hear this. There are companies out there like Sam's that are making a difference in their local communities like you guys are here in Northwest Arkansas. You're not private equity. You're not, you know, there's there's a difference, right? Because you guys, there's a heartbeat behind the organization where a lot of times when you, you know, you solicit and work with businesses, you don't know a lot of times where your dollar's going or it it goes out the door and goes to some other part of the country or whatever. But, you know, if you invest here at Sam's Furniture, even if you just need something simple like an ottoman, it's not only going to be a benefit to Joe and his team, but it's going to be a benefit to everything that they put their hands on. And so I just want to encourage you from that perspective. I always like giving where I know that and helping out organizations and businesses where I know they're doing the right thing 
And these folks are definitely doing the right thing here at Sam's Furniture. And Joe Donaldson's got a great story. I encourage anyone listening to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast, to the tribe of I Am Northwest Arkansas, to definitely come check out Joe and the rest of his team here at Sam's Furniture. If you're new to the area, if you're listening to this and you're moving here to Northwest Arkansas in the future. (laughs) Joe can definitely help you out. Trust me when I say this, just walk in and say, hey, I heard about you on that podcast with Randy and he said that you guys could set us up. They will set you up. Trust me when I say this, because there's a lot of of opportunities here in Northwest Arkansas. and, And certainly if you have a need for furniture or if you just have a need for some friendly advice, Sam's Furniture is the place to be, and Joe Donaldson is the man. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Loved it. What's the best way for people to contact you if they want to reach man, out? They can, they can email the store directly or from the website, or they can email me, joe, at samsfurniture.net. Or honestly, I mean, I travel about 130, 140 days a year uh, out of countries. But if I'm here, I'm here. Walk in the store and ask for me. Yeah, and if I'm absolutely. here, I'll come down and talk to you. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. Joe Donaldson from Sam's Furniture. Just an all-around great guy. He's as cool as he sounds, and I think you're, you're going to enjoy the experience when you come down here to Sam's Furniture. They're right off of I-49, right before you hit 412 if you're going south on I-49. And uh, if you're coming north from Fayetteville area, they are right that you get off at the 412 exit and loop around, and they're right there off the highway. You cannot miss this huge building, but it is an experience. Just come down here and see what a destination furniture store is all about. And if nothing else, you can tell your friends that you've been to Sam's Furniture and let them know if you come here that you've heard about it first here at I Am Northwest Arkansas. That's all we have for today's episode. I really appreciate you guys. Remember, the podcast comes out rain or shine every Monday. We have a new episode just like this. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will see you here next week. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.